You're listening to Raw and Real, a podcast for everyone dealing with loss. Join your host, Linda Piazza, as she and her guests share their experiences, knowledge, and heart when dealing with the tough topics of loss along life's journey. Our goal, whether you're dealing with a loss of a relationship, loss of health, loss of life, or loss of self, is to invite you to the table for our weekly conversation and provide some comfort in knowing that you're not alone in your grief. Now, here's your host, Linda Piazza. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ron Real Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. We are continuing our conversation about the seven stages of grief. This week, we will be discussing anger. Glad you're here. Over the last few weeks, we have been discussing the stages of grief. And we have talked about shock and denial and pain and guilt. And this week, we are going to talk about anger and bargaining. Mostly about anger, but bargaining does come into play because bargaining is seeking a way out. So in our minds, we try to think about a way to deny what's happened. We say if we do something, we can avoid what's happened. Or if we improve on something, this will go away. So that's kind of bargaining and denial probably go really close hand in hand to each other. And obviously anger is frustration outpouring of bottled up emotions and it's really doesn't need to be explained definition wise because we all know what anger looks like what anger feels like and it is a part of the process during grief we have talked about shock and denial and then there's pain and guilt we talked about that last week and this week we are going to be talking about anger and I think that it's, oh, probably a, a, all of the stages are important. I think this might be one of the bigger ones because one of the things that I find through the process of grief is that sometimes we become angry with the person that died. And then we have a ton of guilt around the anger towards the person that died. And it's important And it's normal to be angry. This can manifest in a lot of different ways. And it can be very uncomfortable and very, I don't know if sad is right, but certainly not a feeling you want to have or an emotion you want to have around the person that you lost. Your anger also can be towards other people. It can be Anger towards yourself, which is a big one, especially if it's somebody that you lost that you feel like you could have done something about their their death, which typically you can't. But we think we have that kind of power and control. And when we believe that, we end up becoming angry with ourselves. We can be angry with a friend. We can be angry with a family member very, very, very normal and happens all the time. We're angry with God for taking them. We don't understand it. And guys, I'm telling you right now, I've been through all of it. I have been angry with myself. I've been angry with friends. Some of them aren't friends. And and I'm very angry with them. Could be family, could be God. I've been angry with all of them. And I've been vocal about being angry with all of them, I think, because on a healthy aspect of the grieving process, there has to be an admittance around all this. And sometimes when you're going through it, you don't necessarily admit it, but you are aware of it after the fact. And sometimes you question your reasons or question how could you have felt that way or how could you have thought that way? But all of this really, really is out of our control because when we go through these emotions and we go through these stages, they're part of a process. And when you lose somebody that you love, lose somebody that's close to you, all this just happens. You don't even have to think about it. 
You don't have to sit down one day and say, well, okay, I'm going through grief and I'm going through the seven stages. And what are they? Okay, well, I'm going to feel angry today because that's the next stage. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It comes in waves and some some stages last longer than others. Just know that they're there. Again, they are normal. They are necessary and it's okay. It's okay. So this is what we're going to talk about today is anger and getting into a little bit more about it and dig a little bit deeper. So what causes anger? Just in general, what causes anger? And typically anger is caused by being upset. Anger is expressed in rage. Anger is expressed in resentment or can be resentment that turns into anger. Anger is a pretty strong word, and it's a pretty strong feeling. It's a very strong emotion, and it is not comfortable for many people. Many people experiencing anger maybe for the first time when someone has passed away because they have a very laid-back personality, and they let very little either bother them or they don't allow actions of others to impede on who they are or their emotions. When somebody dies, again, like I said earlier, your emotions you have no control over. So if you're experiencing them and anger is one of them and it's unfamiliar, it can be a real scary emotion, a very scary place for you to be or for you to find yourself. What happens when somebody passes away that makes you angry. I know one of the things that makes me beyond angry is when people say things to me that I feel like they should really think about and they don't. Some of the things that they say they shouldn't, but they don't know better. They don't know what else to say. So one of the things that they do is they just say things that typically are the norm, like they're in a better place or they're not in pain anymore or you're strong, you'll get through it or God doesn't ever give us more than we can handle or Don't tell a person that they've lived a long life and many people die young. Don't tell a person that they brought it on themselves. Don't tell them there is a reason for everything. Holy cow, that is just a real nerving one. Don't tell them, aren't you over him yet? He's been dead for a while now. Don't tell somebody how to feel. Don't tell somebody they need to be over it. Don't tell somebody they were a good person, but God wanted them with him. Don't tell somebody that they were the best field in the flower and God came and picked the best one. Don't tell them you know how they feel because you know what? Nobody knows how somebody else feels. You can empathize, you can understand, but nobody can know how I feel, how you feel, or the other person next to me feels when they lose their mother, their best friend, their sister, their brother. While you can understand because you've been there, you don't know how they feel because you don't know about them or their relationship. Don't tell them to be strong. I mentioned that a few minutes ago. She did what she came to do and now it was her time to go. Don't tell people that. I know that you're trying and many people are trying to find words of wisdom, words of comfort, things that are going to make you sound just eloquent and you're going to make that difference and say that thing that is going to turn their lives around and make them feel better. We're all looking for that thing to do or that thing to say that is going to help the person who is hurting, if you don't know what to say, or these are some of the things that you think about saying, zip it and don't say anything. Don't say anything. 
If you have to say something, say, I have no words. I'm so sorry for your loss. You can say, I don't know how you feel, but I'm here to help any way that I can. You can say, you and your loved ones are going to be in my thoughts and prayers. You can tell them a favorite memory of the person that they lost. You can say, I'm just a phone call away. You can give a hug instead of saying something. You can say, I'm usually up early or late if you need anything. You can say, we all need help at times and I'm here for you. Those are the good things to say. Those are the safe things to say or just say nothing. I bring all this up because during times of grief and through my experiences and my process of going through what I have, when people say some of these things to me, it makes me so angry. I remember when my mom died, my sisters thought I was crazy, but I said to them, can we put a sign up in the back of the church? I wanted to get, and I'm not kidding, guys. I wanted to get a poster board size sign that says the things not to say to the family. Because if you heard some of the things that people came and said to us, your mind would be blown. Now, don't get me wrong. Everything that everybody did for us was greatly appreciated. Every person that came and waited two and a half hours to pay their respects, completely appreciated. But some of the things that people have said, whether it was when my mom died, my dad died, my sister died, when Nina died, when Ada died, when Ruby died, when any of them died. Some of the things that they said just was like, I wanted to punch a board. <laughs> I wanted to just knock something out because guess what? When somebody says they're not suffering anymore, guess what, Bozo? I know they're not suffering anymore because I was the one that was sitting at their bedside while they were suffering. Do you think we don't realize that? Do you think that as a loved one that had passed through an illness, we didn't understand that? I cannot tell you how many times we all sat around the beds of the people that we love that were suffering and dying from cancer that we prayed to God for God to take them because we didn't want them to suffer anymore. But that doesn't make our loss any less. That doesn't make us feel better because not for nothing, but I think here's a pretty darn good place. My friend just lost her 13-year-old granddaughter last week, on, actually a couple days ago. There isn't a darn thing that I could say to Claudette or I can say to Nicole that's going to make them feel better, period, end of story. Nothing. She was 13. She had an entire life ahead of her. And it makes me angry. It makes me wonder. It makes me question. She was 13. Everybody has a right to be angry. Everybody has a right to question when someone of that age passes away, has cancer, suffers. Anger is normal. And it's okay. So I bring up the things not to say so that as somebody is grieving their loved one, on top of everything else that they're going through, you're not going to piss them off, guys. That's not what you're there for. That is not your intention. It's not your intention. We know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. But when you're in this emotional state, your mind doesn't work with common sense. Your mind doesn't work with they are trying. Your mind is just in a place and you're going, what did they just say to me? They'll ask when somebody dies of cancer and it's lung cancer, did they smoke? 
does it matter? There was a word I was just going to use because it makes me that angry. They will say, well, how old were they? Does it matter? It really doesn't. It doesn't matter how old they were. It doesn't matter if they smoked. It doesn't matter if they drank. It does not matter because they aren't there. They died from whatever they died from. And the person who is grieving them, those things don't matter. So don't make them angry. Show them kindness. Show them understanding. Show them caring. Show them empathy by offering just to be there for them. And when you offer to be there for them, be there for them. Don't just use your words and then walk away and move on with your life. Not that I'm saying you have to sit there and hold somebody's hand for the next 12 months. But if you genuinely care and you say, how can I help you be there for them? Pick up the phone, ask them how they are, ask them if they need anything. Go sit with them, go bring them a meal, go have a cup of coffee. And it doesn't have to be every day. Go once a week, go every other week, go once a month, but don't disappear. Don't disappear. Because many people think, and it's normal, and I'm not faulting you for it, because I'm sure I've done the same thing. It is normal. We just kind of go on with our lives. And the person's left by themselves to deal with their grief. And sometimes you have to be by yourself to deal with your grief. But there are things through the process that happen that either you become angry about through a friend saying something or because the one that passed away, your loved one did or didn't do something that you wanted them to do and it makes you angry. If they only listened to me, if they did what I said, they wouldn't be dead. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from somebody who lost a loved one. That's anger. That's normal. That is things that people say when they are in the midst of grief and they don't know what to do anymore with their emotions. They're just at a loss. And guess what? It's okay. It's okay. So when they show anger and it's to a friend, it's not because they're mad at you, but you may have something said something that triggered them that made them angry. If they are angry with a family member, it could be a million things. Maybe somebody was sick and everybody in the family didn't participate and help out in taking care of that family member. The one who did, the one who has it all on their shoulders, the one who did the majority of everything can get angry. And within their right, they should be angry or not should be, but could be angry because they did it all themselves. And then everybody comes around after the fact and after the person dies and they all want a part of something, but they didn't want a part of helping somebody take care of their loved one. And there's anger that is brought about that way. Anger with God, I've had that happen a lot of times. And I walk around my house asking all the time, why? Why? Explain this to me. I'm so upset with you. Why do you keep doing this to me? God wants us to have a relationship with him. And one of the things that is normal in a relationship is anger. You don't want to stay there. And it's not be, when you're angry doesn't mean that you're going to be angry for the rest of your life. But it happens. It happens. And you're angry with yourself sometimes. Why are you angry with yourself? Because you think you had control and there's something you could have done different that would have changed the outcome. Kind of narcissistic in a sense. Not really, maybe. I don't know. But we think we have more control than what we do. And so we become angry with ourselves because we think, how did this happen? We should have stopped it. How did this happen? We should have done something different. How did this happen? 
we should have asked more questions or we should have demanded something else. Whether it's somebody who walked out of your house with car keys and got into a car accident, or it's somebody that has a terminal illness and the decisions that they made regarding their treatment or their surgeries or whatever it is that took them, nothing you could have done or said was going to change what the outcome was. Nothing. But we think we could have convinced them otherwise that would have changed the outcome. You know what? I know because you know why? I've been there. I've said those things. I've been upset with myself thinking I could have done something different that would have changed the outcome. And you know what? I couldn't. And because I couldn't, that made me angry. Knowing that there isn't anything that I could do to bring Nina back or Ada or my mom, dad, my sister, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law, my godmother, my aunt, Bella, nothing, nothing I could do regardless can bring them back. And that makes me really mad. I know I don't have control and I'm not God, but I want to be able to help people and knowing that I can't makes me angry. And you need to know what you're angry about and who you're angry with. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this kind of reluctantly, but I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it because it is something that for 16 and a half years has been part of my life. And I'm still angry. I'm still, I could, I still feel rage when I see this person. And I think part of me stays angry because the person who died isn't here anymore and they can't be angry. So I'm angry for them. So before Nina died and she got sick, she was married. And the man she was married to cheated on her. Yep. She had just had a baby. And the baby was, he was born in June. And in July, I want to say it was July of the following year. Yeah, it was. It was, I want to say Parker was probably one the baby was one and there was just a lot of stuff that was going on just a lot of stuff anyway her husband at the time cheated on her we found out not only did we find out he was cheating but we also found out who he was cheating with and to make a very long story short And I can go on about this forever because I am still, and I try because I keep telling myself, you're not God and you need to let it go. But I, I I haven't been able to because part of me thinks that she died, Nina died of a broken heart because of what she was going through and what was done to her. And I know the cancer took her, but she took a really huge downswing after all the stuff happened and after she found out what was going on. And somehow I scrolled upon him on the internet last night. And every emotion and every feeling that I had towards him came back. My hatred, my anger, my rage, my not-so-nice language all came back. It all surfaced. That's a pretty crappy night. Not only did I accidentally stumble upon him and see photos and stuff accidentally, I also 
stumbled upon don't ask me how i mean it was like this person just popped out onto my screen and it was the girl he cheated on nina with tons of emotion tons of anger tons of rage my immediate reaction is i wanted to reach out to both of them i wanted to reach out to her and 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 ask her how she lives with herself I wanted to reach out to him and ask him how he sleeps at night. It's been almost 17 years. And I still hold on to the anger and the rage and the resentment. And I know it's not right. And I know I have to let it go because I can't have that in my life because that's kind of holding me prisoner and stuck back to 17 years ago. But then there's a part of me that says, Nina's not here to be mad, so I have to be mad for her. Nina's not here to be angry, so I have to be angry for her. But when I saw them last night, and it wasn't them together, but somehow his stuff popped up, and then she popped up, and there was a connection that they're not together anymore, but there was a connection. And I thought, how dare you still be in communication with her? How dare you still have her a part of your life? However it is, maybe he doesn't ever see her. I have no idea. None. But I was like, how dare you? And it was a rough night. So who was bothered by that? Who was affected by that? Certainly wasn't him. Certainly wasn't her. Because neither one of them knew I was sitting here stewing and pissed off. Neither one of them. But I also, while I have to work through that emotion, and I really, really have to work through it. I really do because it's been a long time. I also couldn't help the way I felt. And I also had to be okay with the way I felt. Man, that's hard. I had to be okay with the way I felt, even though I knew that I need to get past it. I know I need to get past it. But that anger, it's there and it's normal. Is it normal to last 17 years? I'd say no. I would say no. But I know it's there. I've got an awareness around it. I know why it's there. I know why I'm angry. And now I have to work through that so that I can get past it and get to the other side because it's been a long time. But those are some kind of things that happen that you're angry about. Things will happen that will trigger anger in the loss of a loved one. We have to be aware of that stuff. We have to understand it when it's happening. If I had no awareness around it and I didn't understand what my emotions and feelings were around it and I didn't make sure that I was honest with myself about it, I could have spiraled and I don't know what I would be like this morning. I'm still irritated. And I want to slap him in the face, to be honest with you. I want to go punch her in the gut. Those are not healthy. Those are not healthy. It's not healthy. It's just not. But that's how I feel. However, I know that. And there's an awareness around it. So I've got to work on that. And I realized last night that I'm still holding on to it. I'm still harboring it. I'm still feeling it. And I didn't realize it. I don't think about him often. I don't think about her often. From time to time, they come to my mind and I get annoyed. But not to the extent I did last night because last night I was angry. And I had to be okay with it. And today I've got an awareness around it and I've got to work on it. One of the things to consider 
is that is anger can be a coping mechanism and it can be masking the effect because anger for some people is easier to feel than sadness and emotion. So it's easier for me to be angry through the years I've gotten softer, I guess, to where I definitely feel a lot more emotion and I'm more comfortable and I'm more vulnerable with it. But for a long time, anytime I was upset, anytime I was sad, I would mask it with anger because it was an easier emotion for me to control and to deal with. It's easier to be angry because you don't have to feel sad. And so sometimes anger is masked over because you can't handle the emotions. You're hiding the many emotions and pain that you carry and that you're feeling. You may aim your anger even at things. Something might get in your way. You might trip over something that'll make you upset and you will react in a way that you're like, wow, I overreacted to that. It's normal. And it's part of your anger through your coping mechanisms of the loss that you've experienced. Your brain knows the object of your anger and it isn't to blame your feeling is that moment is too intense. So because you can't handle the intensity of it, your brain helps you deal and comes out in anger because that's a little easier sometimes than the intense feelings and the intense emotions. If you mask it and you mask your feelings, bitterness and resentment, it can cut a fury of rage. So if you pretend that you don't have these feelings and you are resentful over something that happened or you're bitter over something that happened and you're covering it up with anger it will fester and it can come out as rage. And one thing you don't want to do when you're going through the grieving process is to rage. Although I will say there have been times that I felt like I just want to find a place and go break a bunch of bottles. Just you ever see on TV people throwing bottles against the wall or breaking plates there is something to be said about letting out your anger and your rage that way. We'll talk about that in different things that you can do to get past some of these stages in a few weeks. Right now, we just really need to focus on the stages. And anger, we want to try to make sure doesn't go into rage because it sometimes there's no point of turning back when rage kind of steps in. And examples of anger and stages, we've talked about the breakup and divorce. You hate him and he'll regret ever leaving you. Those are things that you might say. Death of a loved one. If she cared more for herself, this wouldn't have happened. You can say that to yourself. You can think that. But as a stranger or a person coming and giving their condolences, that is not okay for you to say. Somebody who has a terminal illness, you're going to ask, where is God? How dare God let this happen? Just like we are seeing with Bella, Claudette's 13-year-old granddaughter. Those are normal questions that we'll ask. That's part of anger. That's part of us and people showing their anger. Like when somebody is sick and they find out that they have cancer and say it's stage four, one of the, I think one of the first things people think is, well, if you went to the doctors, you would have found out sooner and it could have cured you. You would have been fine. And I've heard people say that to people. And if they don't say that to people, I can definitely tell you they're thinking it. And that is anger towards the person who had the illness who passed away. If they only, if they only. And placing blame, sometimes placing blame makes you feel better about things, which I don't know if it's right or wrong. It just is what it is. 
during grief, you feel vulnerable and helpless in these moments of intense emotions. It's not uncommon for look for you to look for ways to regain control because many people like to control their environment, their atmosphere, their emotions, their mind. And when you can't, it is really difficult when you don't have control. Being vulnerable is not easy. And during your grief, these things do happen and they are normal and they are kind of your bargaining aspect of the stages because it is anger and then you bargain and you go into the what if, if only statements. That's all more of bargaining than it is anger because when we have no control, we start bargaining with things that make us feel like we have control. And at the end of the day, we have zero control. It's not uncommon for religious individuals, people who are spiritual to make a deal with God. I promise if you make this person well, I'll never swear again. I won't eat again. I won't do certain things. That bargaining is real normal and happens during terminal illnesses for people because you are trying to get that person who was sick better and you're begging God, you're praying to him, you're doing all kinds of things. And one of the things that some people will do is bargain with them and they will bargain with all kinds of things. If you only please do this and I will do, and that's normal. It happens. And it's not unusual. I've done it. You have parents. I know, I know parents who have children who have cancer and they have said, I will take this from them. You know, you pray, God, please don't let my child have this. Give it to me instead. That's a bargaining prayer, but it's a normal prayer and it's a normal feeling. When you have lost a loved one and you're doing the whole bargaining thing going back and forth, one of the things that you might say is, if I had called her last night, she wouldn't be gone. And I've heard that too. That sometimes comes into play under suicides or maybe a car accident. Very seldom does it happen on, I think, I don't think those words come out that often on someone who is dying of a terminal disease because your phone call wouldn't have made a difference. However, your phone call probably would have helped you cope and deal better if you had a conversation with them because now you can't have that conversation anymore. I don't know that that's so much bargaining if the person was not a suicide death or an accident. And you also, like I said before, if we only gone to the doctor sooner, we could have stopped this. It's another bargaining aspect of your, your process because you feel like there's, again, the control, you feel like there's something you could have done that would have made it easier, would have made it better. And it wouldn't have death itself or an illness that took the place of a loved one, it, know that there isn't anything you could have done. So, but it's a target. That's a target of anger. So knowing who you're angry with, which we talked about a few minutes ago, and why you're angry is very helpful. And death itself or the illness itself took the one that you love and that makes it very difficult however that is a target that is a possible thing that you can be angry over we might feel responsible which we talked about and okay in the case of say somebody dies in a car accident and you were driving the car yeah I guarantee the person driving the car that survived feels a huge responsibility towards the death about the death of that person. Not that they 
are at fault in a sense, because I don't know what could have happened. I mean, the accident could have been their fault, but they certainly didn't cause the accident on purpose. But that would cause the person to be very angry at themselves, very, very angry at themselves. Very normal would be mad and angry at medical people, doctors, nurses, hospitals, tests, medication. Very normal. Very, very normal. With every person that I have lost and died of cancer, I have been really angry with the medical people, real angry with the hospitals. And there are reasons, justifiable reasons in many cases that I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but it certainly wasn't hand. Things certainly weren't handled the way they should have been. And mistakes were made. I am one who believes that the day you're born, it is written the day you're going to die in a book. And no matter what you do in between, nothing's going to change that death date. How you're going to die may be up for question, but the fact that you're going to die that day doesn't change because you did something different. You might have died in a car accident instead of dying from cancer, but you might, you're might you still going to die, say, June 6th of 2000, whatever. I don't even know why I came up with that date, but whatever. No matter what you do, it's not going to change the outcome. But we are normal. We are human. And that is part of the process that we go through and it's not unusual to blame others and to be angry at others, especially in the medical field. You're mad at family members, which we talked about circumstances around it. Airlines, September 11th. Holy cow. <laughs> I can't imagine the number of uh, people that were angry or fearful or the guilt that came around September 11th for the people that were supposed to be on an airplane and weren't. Or the people that didn't make it to work on time, that their colleagues died and they didn't. There's probably some guilt around that. Um, so circumstances such as, you know, airline stewardess or you're having to go on a business trip or something like that, uh, preventing you from spending time with your loved one can also be a reason to be angry because you were working so much that you didn't have the time to spend with them that you wanted to. So now you're mad at your job. Normal. There are three targets of anger of our loved ones who died, ourselves and God. Those are the three main things that we become angry about in a death. Very normal. These are also areas of anger that can cause us the most heartache guilt, confusion, and anxiety. We've talked about all this. I feel like on some of it, I might be repeating myself, but I think it's real important that you understand this because I think anger is probably one of the most common emotions that people are aware of after somebody dies in part of their process. I've heard people tell me I'm so pissed off at them or I'm angry that my husband left me. I'm angry at my sister because she's not here anymore. I'm angry with my dad because he's not here anymore. One person I never got, I never experienced anger with, never at all, was Nina. However, I was not ever angry at her, but I carried anger with me, as you heard a few minutes ago, for 17 years, 16, 17 years against her ex-husband and the girl he had an affair with. But I was not ever angry with her. I find that interesting. But I still had anger through the process. So it wasn't eliminated. It wasn't eliminated at all, like you would think. And I think that we ha if we recognize our anger, again, like I said earlier, and we know who we're angry with and why that will help us get through that process. And it will help us get to the other side and be able to 
move past it. It'll help us be able to, when we understand it, when we recognize it, when we allow it, when we feel it, and we work through it, we can get to the other side in a very healthy manner. And I think it's so important for y'all to know that feeling angry, don't stuff it. If you're a person who doesn't ever feel angry and anger is not a comfortable emotion for you, I get it. But allow yourself, allow yourself to be angry because there's a lot of bent up emotion inside of you that you have to let out. And sometimes the only way you can let it out is by being angry. I remember one time just going somewhere and getting out of my car just screaming, just literally standing there screaming because I couldn't take it anymore. That release was huge. And we'll talk more about that when we start talking about the different things that you can do, start working through and getting yourself back to a joyful life. And I think that understanding and knowing these stages is huge for your success becoming a whole person again and living again and enjoying life again because honestly one of the things I think we should take away from the loss of a loved one is how fragile and short life is and how we should appreciate it and not take a day for granted, and how every day should be Christmas morning, opening up the most beautiful box under the tree, and I'm wrapping that gorgeous bow and anxiously awaiting what's inside. That is how we should approach every day. So in order to do that, you have to be aware of the stages. You have to go through the process for you to get to that point. And sometimes the process takes a year. Sometimes it takes two, sometimes longer, sometimes less. It's different for everybody. So make sure that you are understanding that and be okay with that. Do not compare your journey with somebody else's because it's two separate people with two different losses, while it is great to go through this journey with other people because they can empathize, they can understand, they can meet you where you're at because they're in a similar situation. A whole lot easier to be around other people who are grieving than happy people. Because sometimes, whoo, if I'm out, which obviously, you know, I'm 14 weeks in quarantine here. So it's really been a lot of fun. But when I would go out and if I was not happy and I'm still in my grief and all these people are sitting at a table laughing and having the time of their lives, it pisses me off. And I don't have any right to be mad at them. I don't know them. But I am, if I'm going to be honest. So sometimes... Somebody who's sad and grieving, we don't want to be around happy people. We don't want that rah-rah bullshit. We don't. We want somebody to say, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. And I will help you however I can. And allow me to feel what I feel. Allow me to be who I am. And don't correct me and don't tell me how to do it. Don't tell me I'm doing it wrong. Don't tell me I should be over it. Don't tell me I'm lucky I had her for 58 years. Don't tell me they're not suffering anymore. Don't tell me they're in a better place. Don't tell me their job was done on earth because I don't care. It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't make a single grieving person feel better. Not one. And I don't care who you are. None of that makes anybody feel better. It makes them angry. 
It makes me angry. It makes me feel worse. I can speak for me. I can't speak for everybody. But for me, it makes me feel worse. So don't say that stuff. Be there. Be a friend. Meet me where I am. Don't judge me. Don't tell me I should be over it. Ask me about the person who's died. Ask me to tell you stories about the person that isn't here anymore. Help me keep their memory alive. Cry with me when I'm crying. When I don't think I can get out of bed in the morning, pick up the phone and call me and encourage me to get out of bed. That's what you can do to help somebody who's going through a loss. You have no idea if you haven't been there. And even sometimes when you've been there, you forget. Remind yourself, bring yourself back to that place so that you can help the people that you love get through this process. Okay, guys. Thank you for joining this episode of Ron Real Podcast. Talking about anger in bargaining. It's a tough, it's a tough one. And I appreciate you being here. I know that many of you who listen to this podcast know other people who are going through similar situations and have lost loved ones. Please share my podcast with them. I don't know if the whole podcast will help them, but I can tell you there's going to be a part of my podcast that will help the person that is grieving and make them feel a little bit better about what they're experiencing, making sure that they know that they're not alone, making sure that they know mainly that they are not crazy because sometimes grief makes you feel like you're crazy. So this week, I'm so glad that you joined me because I think this is one of those emotions that people are afraid to talk about. And if you know me at all, you know I'm not afraid to talk about anything. And I think that it's really important for us to tackle. Next week, we are going to be talking about depression. And yeah, it probably will be a little bit rough, but it is one of the stages of grief that we need to talk about. So I hope you join me next week. If you know anybody that can benefit from this, like I said, please share. If you want to become part of a very safe group to experience and go through this journey with, please join our Facebook group, Raw and Real Podcast with Linda Piazza. And we would love to have you join us. And in the meantime, if there's anything I can do for you, you know how to reach out. You know how to get me. Y'all have a great week. And thank you so much for joining Raw and Real Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week for another episode of Raw and Real. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you get notification of all new episodes. 